With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham. Your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Vacation is officially over, and football has begun. I've been gone for about a month. The Jets finished minicamp, didn't do anything, no team activities, so I went on my own vacation and stuff, didn't focus on the Jets, took some time off. But today, July 27th, the Jets report back to training camp. They didn't have a practice today, but they had their first meetings. Basically, every single person's there. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But football's back, the news is back, press conferences, daily updates, and all that. So the podcast will continue. I'm going to be doing bi-weekly episodes starting today. It's going to continue August 10th on Tuesdays. And then once we get up to the regular season, then it'll be every single week following each game on Tuesdays again. So lots of good stuff to get to. I have had a very packed schedule, even without the podcast. I've had softball going on. That just ended. have friends in town doing all sorts of things. I'm actually pushed for time a little bit today. So I want to get to a lot of things. Works well. July 27th, the day that they report back, happens to be a podcast Tuesday. So everything is good on that front. But there's just a lot of news, a lot of notes, things that we missed over time, and a lot of stuff to preview in this training camp. So this episode is going to do news and notes. We're going to talk about the training camp schedule, the roster rules that have changed, how that affects the Jets, and then a projected 53-man roster and position battles that are possible. This stuff's all obviously subject to change as training camp and preseason go on. Plenty of battles, but this is I kind of put down my rough draft version one projected 53-man roster just to kind of see what we were looking like, and I think that's pretty interesting. So that's on the docket for this episode. Before I begin, I need to remind you to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. It can be found under the Gang Green Nation podcast title, series title, This is the Jet Life. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. Now we got that out of the way. Let's get into it. First bit of news and notes, not a good thing. Greg Knapp, the Jets' passing game quarterbacks coach, has passed away after suffering a bicycle accident uh, just about a week ago or so. And 
This is a guy that we were really looking forward to getting because he's worked with some big-name quarterbacks in the past, guys like Peyton Manning, Steve Young, Matt Ryan, so many more, and everybody seems to love him. Everything that you hear about him is this guy's like the greatest guy, journalists, players, coaches, everybody alike just loves him, and we didn't get a chance to really get to know him, but what we did know is that he was good at his job. He was selected by this coaching staff that we trust greatly, and it was a position quarterbacks coach that we haven't had. Dowell Loggins was doubling as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and we always thought it was a real issue for Sam Darnold. We got one in, and Greg Knapp, very excited there. He was about to start working with Zach Wilson, another great project for him, I'm sure, but unfortunately he's passed, so our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and everybody that was impacted by his loss. So that's the first thing. Moving over to the positive stuff, since we've been gone, Morgan Moses was signed. Big-time signing, right tackle. This guy is an absolute dog. He's going to be number 78 for the Jets, getting paid $3.6 million for one year. He started every single game at tackle for Washington since 2015. He's got a pro football focus grade of number six overall in run blocking. So we had a very strong left side. I called it mountain side. We had Makai Becton, and then, of course, we trade up to get Elijah Vera Tucker. So that's going to be your powerful side, your strong side, where you're thinking basically everything's going to go to the left. We're going to be a left-handed team. But now when you plug Morgan Moses over, probably on the right side, a guy that can run block like him, that's going to be very, very powerful as well. So it's not just like we have to go to the left to get the big push. We may have it on the right also. One thing to note about Morgan Moses is he has suffered from some penalties, but we'll see what the Jets coaching staff can do. Try to limit the holds, limit the pre-snap penalties, keep those numbers down, and let him go to work. And at the end of the day, that pushes George Fant down a spot, which now he's an athletic swing tackle that did that position for the Seahawks. He can now do that for us instead of maybe using Chuma Adoga or Connor McDermott, somebody who's not quite as polished as a guy like Fant. Fant was good, still not good enough to maybe be the long-term offensive line option. We knew that after the one-year deal that he's got left for this season, he probably wasn't going to be returning for the Jets. But I think this Morgan Moses one-year helps us bridge the gap, gives us the depth, and then, of course, we can readdress if we'd like to re-sign either of these guys or go after another guy in the draft or free agency. But a strong offensive line, a big wall for Zach Wilson in this offense, a big deal. So very, very pleased with that signing. Welcome to the team, Morgan Moses. Next bit of news, Zach Wilson currently holding out of training camp. Today's the very first day of training camp, just meetings and stuff. All the players reported. Robert Sala in his press conference said every single player is there except for Zach Wilson. Why is Zach Wilson holding out? This is like Sam Darnold all over again. We had the exact same issue. When Sam was drafted, he he didn't make the beginning of training camp either. Zach Wilson has now officially missed some time. So we'll see what happens with him. But when it comes down to it, it's a combination of a few things. Offset language has always been an issue for players. It's always been a holdup in negotiations and something the Jets like to put into their contracts. It was a big issue with Sam Darnold's contract and potentially the issue here. The other thing that could be happening is when money is due and paid And considering Joe Douglas wasn't here for the Sam Darnold holdout, and he is here for the Zach Wilson, it it almost makes you believe that it's possibly coming from Woody Johnson, Chris Johnson, or ownership, or somebody that's been here for a long amount of time for both guys. And when it comes down to it, if you're giving a signing bonus or paying a player, somebody actually has to sign that check, and that is the Johnsons. It's possible that they're being cheap, and they're like, listen, we don't really want to do that right now. We don't want to sign this check today. What if we defer it to here? They're trying to maybe push some stuff around so that Zach Wilson can't double-dip in payments and things. One way or another, this is going to be solved. It really will end up being a blip on the radar, as it was for Sam Darnold. At the time, it was like, like, oh, we got to get him out there. He can't be missing time. But really, you look at how some guys performed last year with minimal training camps, guys like Justin Herbert who came out. It's not necessary to be good or great. 
And Sam Darnold, you look back, you don't think to yourself, wow, those three days that he missed were super important. You think to yourself, well, there was a lot of other issues that caused, you know, his demise in New York. And it's not the holdout. Zach Wilson will be here. There is no negotiation for how much money he's going to be paid. He is guaranteed a specific rookie amount at the number two pick overall. You just get what you get. It's just when it's paid and the language that's in there that kind of changes some stuff. And they've heard, uh, I heard that Zach Wilson has some pretty particular and potentially stubborn, tough agents. And that can be, uh, you know, difficult as well to deal with. But when it's only two guys left in the entire NFL for first-round picks, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson that haven't signed, just get it done. Brian Poole has signed with the New Orleans Saints. So he was a great cornerback, played an awesome slot, nickel corner for the Jets for a few years, and he's not returning to us. We have Javelin Guidry. We drafted Michael Carter. There are some other players that could potentially play at that nickel cornerback position. Joe Douglas decided that he didn't need Brian Poole's services anymore. So I'm happy for Poole. I'm glad that he got another contract. Going to New Orleans, continue his career. He's a good guy. He was a great Jet. And, uh, you know, you look at it and you're like, he was definitely good enough to continue playing for us in this team. But with the youth movement and trying to get new guys in there and build a core, the way that they're trying to do it really is just put in as many young guys across the board as you can and then see which ones rise to the everyday starter type level that you want them to be. And then from there, when you've got 50% of your roster filled by young, cheap players, then you fill out the remaining 50% with the money that you've been saving over the years, adding those big free agent acquisitions. And that's when your team kind of makes the push as you have a quarterback and a coaching staff that has come together with some stability that we haven't had in a long time. That's kind of the plan there. And Brian Poole doesn't exactly fit that mold, though he was still playing good football. Good for the Saints. We'll see what he can do there. So now moving over to training camp notes. Training camp began today. So we got a big-time schedule coming up as football is officially back. We will have the first practice tomorrow, still not padded. The first padded practice will be August 2nd. There will be 16 total padded practices. That's all that's allowed in the NFL these days. Nine of those practices are going to be open to fans. So you got nine open practices, 16 padded practices, a bunch of other ones before padded, and then like some walkthroughs and things like that. Um, we've got the green and white scrimmage, Jets versus Jets, on August 7th. So that's going to be fun playing that at MetLife. The first preseason game is going to be August 14th. There's only going to be three preseason games this year. We have one extra regular season game, but one less preseason game. Those games are going to be against the Packers, Giants, and Eagles. And for the Packers and Eagles, the Jets are going to do joint practices with those teams two days before the preseason game. So two days with the Packers, then preseason game. Then they'll go back to Florham Park. Then they're going to do two, two days with the Eagles. And then they're going to go back. And uh, that's just... You know, good to see some other guys instead of just practicing against your own team. Joint practices have been very popular in the league. They limited them a little bit with COVID last year, but back to having that op option, and Jets are going to take advantage of it. So it's kind of the big training camp schedule that we got going on. Um, mixed in there is going to be some roster stuff, right? You have some rules with the roster here. You start with a 90-man roster still, but since COVID, they kind of changed some things around, and they're bringing a lot of it back in 2021, partially because of COVID still being out there, and partially because some of these things actually make sense from a football standpoint. What's going to be is going to be a 90-man roster. It goes down to an 80-man roster, so you got to cut 10 players by August 24th. That's after the second preseason game against the Giants. Then, one week later, you have to go from 80 to 53, four days after the final preseason game against the Eagles. So, it's going to be, you know... You're going from 90 to 80, and then from 80 to 53, it's going to be a big day just, like, slashing guys off the team. And some of them are going to be people that maybe we like, maybe people that we think deserve a shot. I'm always shocked by one or two guys that make the final 53. But, you know, that's what we're going to talk about in the meat of this episode is that projected 53. We can kind of take a look at that. 
Some other stuff with the roster rules they're going to be doing this year. 16 total practice squad players, up from the 10 that we usually had back in 2019 and before. They're actually allowing six players that have two or more accrued NFL seasons. So you didn't used to be able to have that many players on your practice squad that have played in the, in the league for a long time. It was more for, like, developmental undrafted free agents or rookies or, you know, people that just want a shot that haven't really gotten much time. But they're allowing six guys that have two or more accrued NFL seasons. They're also allowing you to protect four practice squad players each week from outside signings. So if we put somebody good that we're really high on, say tight end Kenny Yeboah doesn't make the final 53, but we put him on the practice squad and we really like him, we worry that another team would scoop him up because he's doing well, we can protect him every single week. So you have like four guys extra. It almost gives you a 57-man roster when you look at it that way. They've relaxed some elevation rules for practice squad players. It's COVID safety nets just in case people are out with it. They're going to allow people, you know, 24 hours before the game, to be moved up, even some guys 90 minutes before the game to get in there. So they got some relaxed rules there. IR players who usually can't return until week six, they can return week three. So that's going to be interesting. That was the case last year as well. But, you know, you used to go on IR and you were gone for half the season. Now it's not the case necessarily. There's no limit on the amount of players that you can activate off of IR. So that's nice too. That's pretty much the big scoop with the news, the training camp, the roster rules. I wanted to get to all that. I know it's a lot of information just coming at you. These are, in a weird way, these are like my favorite podcast episodes because it gives me an opportunity to really break down all the stuff in my own head. I mean, that's why I started making this podcast to begin with because I just, you know, organize my thoughts. And when I do these, I make my outlines and I go through my research and get prepped for all this. You know, I get to remind myself all these things that are going on. So I'm enjoying it. Hopefully you are too. But we are going to get over to that projected 53-man roster now. Before we do that, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, welcome back. You are probably wondering, is this time for what's on tap or father time? Well, I'll tell you what, my dad has been extremely busy as well. He's on the road for work. No father time this week, unfortunately. We're going to have to get back to that. He's still on the summer schedule. We've been off for a month. He blindsided him all of a sudden, like, hey, we're doing a podcast episode. He's like, listen, I can't do that. All right, totally understandable. What about what's on tap? Also not going to happen because the moment that this podcast ends, I have to take off to West Hartford Center, see one of my buddies from college that I haven't seen in a few years, coming in from Las Vegas, me and one of my other buddies. uh, We were actually all college roommates meeting up. Great reunion, but I'm going to be drinking plenty there for a Tuesday night. Still have work tomorrow in the morning. Drank last night because it was the final week of softballs. We drank like 60 beers as a team in about an hour. It's just been kind of a crazy week to begin with. This podcast today doesn't need it, so I'm drinking some water in a Gatorade blender bottle, and that's all we got. Alrighty, so time to talk 53-man roster and my expectations going into training camp. I want to preface this with the entire point of training camp and preseason is to do the roster battles, see who's winning at each position, and cut some players that maybe weren't performing. But right now, just with my expectations and what I would guess, that's what we're going to start on, and this is going to kind of like pave the way for what position battles I'm most interested in, and kind of set us up for the rest of training camp. This is just a baseline for it. Now, how do I get to my 53-man roster? I start by looking at the 90-man roster that it's available on NewYorkJets.com. Um, you got to be careful of some of the position designations that are on there because some of them are weird. You might have an FS for free safety. They may have an S for safety, and it's like you got to make sure you find all the guys. But essentially, looking at that list of 90 guys, I go through, and I take a look at the last year initial 53-man roster and see how many of each position 
were kept. So we kept three quarterbacks last year. We kept three running backs. I try to keep those same sort of numbers and find that many players at each position this year. Now, of course, it's not always going to be the same every year. We have a new coaching staff. So it's important to make sure that you go up or down one or two where needed. If you need to carry an extra quarterback or one less quarterback, that's perfectly fine. You know, nothing too crazy. We know that no team carries five quarterbacks, so we're not going to do that. But staying within a standard NFL roster size, doing that. And then, of course, draft picks you assume are going to be on there. Players that are getting due big money are going to be on there. Players that really performed well that Joe Douglas brought in have a better chance of doing it. Um, free agent acquisitions that we made this year have a better chance of making it. Those are things that we start looking at. Overall, when I made this, I have 24 offensive players, 26 defensive players, which I think makes sense because Salah is a defensive coach, and you know we did draft a lot of young defensive players. Then I got three special teamers, kicker, punter, long snapper. So looking at it, we're going to go through each one, and I'm going to say how many of each position we had last year, how many I'm keeping this year, and what players are on the fringe of, this guy's not currently in my 53, but this is a guy that definitely could be fighting for a spot, and if they impress, could knock somebody else out. So we're going to start with quarterback and the offense. Last year we had three quarterbacks. This year I say two, Zach Wilson and James Morgan. I don't think that James Morgan or Mike White are necessarily the guy that should be the backup quarterback for this team, but one of them at this point looks like they will be. Now, I say Mike White can go to the practice squad. I don't think anybody's going to want to scoop him up. James Morgan probably could go to the practice squad, and nobody would want to scoop him up. But you do have to have two guys prepared, two guys active. I don't think it makes sense to keep all three guys there because there's other important positions, and neither one of those guys is really going to be a big needle mover for us. So two quarterbacks there, Mike White on the fringe. Running backs. We had three last year. This year I say four. Michael Carter, because we drafted him, he's going to be there. Tevin Coleman is maybe the most experienced guy in the room. Ty Johnson impressed more than most people on the team last year. And Michael Pirine, even though he's kind of started slow, and I'm not super high on him or his ability, he was drafted by Joe Douglas last year for a reason. He saw some stuff in him, and I'm not sure he'd want to give up on a project like that this early. After just one season, while he's on a rookie contract being paid minimal amounts, not a lot of tread on the tires, you might want to see Joe Douglas hold on to a guy like that. I have a few guys in here that were drafted by Joe Douglas, and I'm just like, listen, I know that he's not a great player perhaps, but... He drafted him for a reason, and he may not want to give up on him. So, Michael Pirine's in that category. So, that's four, and Josh Adams is my fringe guy. I could see the Jets carrying three. I could see Michael Pirine getting cut. But that's where we're at right now. Fullback. This team didn't carry a fullback last year, but Michael Floor offenses, or really Kyle Shanahan offenses, always have a fullback. They always have Vontae Leach, Kyle Juszczyk. Wherever you look, there's a fullback. So I think Trevon Wesco right now is the lead dog for that because we don't really have another player that I'm confident in playing that position. Now, I'm not confident in Trevon Wesco playing that position either, but because he kind of dual threats as a tight end, if they can refine him a little bit more into a fullback, which is easier said than done, I think he's the guy that has the best shot, and I do think that we will want to have a fullback on the roster. So Trevon Wesco, by default. Tight ends, we had three last year. I'm saying two. I'm saying Tyler Croft is going to make it because he's going to be the best blocking tight end on the team and potentially... You know, he potentially will be the best tight end on the team. And then Chris Herndon, who I still think has a bit of ability. We've had Ryan Griffin. He should be cut, save that contract. We've had Daniel Brown. He hasn't impressed enough. I think you get rid of him. Kenny Yaboa is an interesting guy who I think, you know, the undrafted free agent that we brought in from Ole Miss, I think he could definitely fight for a spot. But, you know, I have Yaboa, Griffin, and Brown as all fringe guys that could potentially get there. Yaboa is a guy that you definitely could stash in the practice squad. Um, If they want to do three tight end sets or two tight end sets and have another guy on the bench, very possible there's more than two tight ends, but I said that with Trevon Wesco being kind of a uh, you know, wild card in there that can do both positions, potentially they can go with two. 
Looking at the offensive line, we had eight offensive linemen last year. I have nine because I think we have a lot of depth here and a lot of guys that I wouldn't want to get rid of. You got Mackay Becton, of course, AVT, Connor McGovern, Morgan Moses, and then at that right guard spot, you got Greg Van Roan at this point in time. So that's your five starters. Then George Fant's definitely going to be there as a backup. Alex Lewis, I think if you were going to cut him, you would have done that already. He's probably one of your backups that can move around left or right. They signed Dan Freeney to a, a decent contract. You'd think, okay, they're not going to get rid of Dan Feeney. He was a starter for the Chargers, and he's another guy that can play there. And then you've got Chuma Adoga, who's been our back-and-forth sort of swing tackle. Now, it's very difficult to play swing tackle, so it's not like Chuma Adoga's been great at it, not like he necessarily can do it for a long period of time. But I think that being young, being on that rookie contract, and the ability to play both sides, I think that you could you can kind of go with nine guys here. And that would put on that fringe spot guy like Connor McDermott, who was here last year, Cameron Clark, who was drafted last year. But I think at this point, potentially would be a guy that Joe Douglas would be comfortable moving on from because we really haven't seen anything from him. That all depends on training camp and preseason, of course. Teton Salties and Tristan Hogue are both undrafted free agents the Jets brought in that I don't think right now have a path onto the roster with that many good, deep offensive linemen. But it is possible that if they impress, they definitely could end up making a spot kicking somebody else off. There is some money to save if you were to cut a guy like, say, Alex Lewis. Then when you look at wide receivers, we went into the season last year with seven wide receivers. This year, I'm saying six. I'm saying you start with Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, Braxton Berrios. That gives you six. That group makes sense to me. Your fringe guys, Lawrence Cager, Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith, Josh Malone, and Matt Cole. Those are the five guys that I'm the most excited about as a possibility of moving up. But at the end of the day, I don't see any one of those guys replacing like a Keelan Cole, a Jamison Crowder. Unless they want to carry an extra seventh guy like last year and cut somebody elsewhere, those are probably the guys that are going to be first off the list unless they really impress in training camp. Now, it's really important to remember that with the IR spots in the PUP, anybody that the Jets put onto IR or the physically unable to perform a list, they won't count as a roster spot, so the Jets will be able to add more guys. And so just say out of nowhere, one of those wide receivers is injured for like five, six weeks, they put him on IR, then you instantly move up a guy like Lawrence Cager, and while he may not have had an initial shot onto the roster, he still would have one in that scenario because you'd have an extra opening there. That's why all these guys are competing for something. You never know what's going to happen, how the chips are going to fall, but just because they're there on the fringe now does not mean they can't make the team. Just, you know, don't freak out about any of them. Lawrence Cager's a guy I'm rooting for. It's just, uh, you know... There's only so many guys you can keep. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, 26 players here. Now, this one's tricky because defensive line, there's just so many guys, and we're not exactly sure how they're all going to fit in, who's really going to be an outside linebacker. We've got these safety linebacker hybrids. We've got these edge linebacker hybrids, these defensive end defensive lineman hybrids. We're not exactly sure how they're all going to be used and utilized, but we know it's going to be a big mix and match of it all. They're going to try to come at you with a lot of pressure. When you look at the group, the guy that I think makes sense the most, looking in the middle, would be Quinn and Williams, Sheldon Rankins, and Foley Fadakasi for sure. And then I think Jonathan Marshall, who's drafted this year and has a lot of upside, he is definitely a practice squad candidate, but if he's playing well in preseason, and I think with the raw talent that he's got and just like the super physical nature, he could potentially crack the roster. I did put him on here in this situation. Carl Lawson, Vinny Curry, I see those guys on the edges. You know, Carl Lawson's obviously the big name signing. He's not going anywhere. Vinny Curry, he was brought in. He's a veteran guy that can get after the quarterback. They brought in Ronald Blair, who Coach Sal has been raving about, saying, like, if you like winning, you like Ronald Blair. I think he would want him to be there as a locker room guy. John Franklin Myers has impressed me every year he's been here, so I put him back on. Nathan Shepard, he's kind of a 
he's up and down. At times, you're like, he's really bad. Other times, you're like, yeah, you know what? He's actually pretty good. Sometimes he seems like an outside guy, sometimes an inside guy. I think that versatility and the ability to continue popping and how much we need defensive linemen on this team, I think Nathan Shepard makes it. And then the last guy, this one's one I was kind of like going back and forth on, is Jabari Zaniga because he didn't look good last year. He looked like a bad player. But we drafted him somewhat early, fourth round, I believe, and it would be tough for Joe Douglas to give up, up on him right now. I think that he would probably get another shot on another team as a project kind of guy. So I say Jabari Zaniga makes the final 53. Ten defensive linemen, same as last year. That puts a couple guys on the fringe there. Kyle Phillips, he was a good player for the Jets two years ago. He missed basically all of last year, but he was a guy that was kind of ascending, and you were hoping he was one of those undrafted free agents that popped and you were happy to have. I don't know how he's going to come back. If he plays really well, he could be one of the guys that knocks somebody else off. A Jonathan Marshall to the practice squad, a Zaniga to the practice squad, a Shepard just cut entirely. You know, watch out for Kyle Phillips. Rashid Hamaka, this is a guy that was one of the bigger undrafted free agent signings the Jets got. He's an edge guy that could potentially push his way on. And then Tonzel Smart, he's been on the team for a couple years here and there. He moves up, he moves down. He's not done a ton, but because he's been with this unit for a little while with Joe Douglas and stuff, it's possible that he's got some favor with them and could crack his way onto the roster. Looking at the linebackers, we had eight last year. It seems crazy that we had eight what were designated as linebackers. I go with six this year. C.J. Mosley, of course. Gerard Davis, definitely also. Those are the two big ones. Then you got... The drafted guys, Jamie and Sherwood and Hamza Nasraldine, those are two players that are listed as linebackers right now, kind of drafted as safeties or DBs, but they're going to be moving into that quick role. They're both going to make it. I say Blake Cashman, although he's one of those guys that could easily be on IR, opening up another spot elsewhere for somebody else. If he's healthy, I think Blake Cashman still has a shot to make this team just because we don't have a lot of linebacker depth. We've only got like six guys here that I see, and I put Bryce Huff. I designated him as a linebacker because I wanted to add him in there as an edge guy, see what they can do with him. He's kind of quick and speedy. I think he's got a lot to prove, a lot to do, and I think he's got the ability. So those are my six linebackers. I didn't really have anybody on the fringe there. I don't like our linebackers. I don't like our linebacker group. I don't know what they're going to do. They may bring in a couple guys that we don't even know. Some of these no-name guys, if you look through the linebacker group on the Jets roster right now, not a lot of pop, but if somebody steps up in preseason training camp, those are the guys that are going to push their way onto the you know, position battle radar. So we're going to be focusing on that group definitely to see who's making some noise. Cornerbacks is an interesting one because we don't have anybody good, but we've invested a lot into a lot of guys. We had five cornerbacks going into the season start last year. This year I say seven because Bless Austin and Bryce Hall are really the only two guys that you know can play the position outside. You drafted Jason Pinnock, Michael Carter too, and Brandon Eccles. We don't know anything about any of those guys. So we have to probably keep all of them right now. We just drafted them. And then Justin Hardy is going to be there as a special teams ace, potentially playing some cornerback if needed. And Javelin Guidry really is your number one nickel cornerback option now that Brian Poole is gone. He did have a very good pro football focus grade, Javelin Guidry, last year. He played pretty well. He had some good forced fumbles, played some scrappy ball. He's going to be competing probably with Michael Carter too. But I think that Javelin Guidry is going to be on the team as well. They could use seven cornerbacks. Now, there's more guys. There's a good group of cornerbacks here, not because they're good players ready to be starters, but a lot of guys that have potential upside, and we know that this is a position we have to find some guys. On the fringe here, I got Lamar Jackson from last year, who had some up-and-down moments, mostly down, but obviously an undrafted guy, very raw, some development needed. Isaiah Dunn is a guy that's impressed in minicamp so far. We'll see if that carries over into training camps. Elijah Campbell, a guy that was getting big snaps early on. We'll see if that carries over into training camp. And then Corey Ballantyne, who was on the team last year, Mostly as a kick returner. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to break down with the kick returners. I would imagine something like Braxton Berrios, Keelan Cole, Elijah Moore would be the three guys that would come to mind 
for opportunities there. Maybe some of the running backs could step up into those roles. But Corey Ballantyne, being the kickoff guy, being here last year, it's possible they like him. Those are the guys that I have on the fringe right now. And then safety. Marcus Mays on the franchise tag, we know he's here. Ashton Davis, is he healthy to play? If so, he's going to be one of the active safeties. Then LaMarcus Joyner. We had three last year. That's three for this year. Now, Ashton Davis's health is up in the air. And some guys that I would see competing for a role, Sherrod Neesman, who we brought in, and JT Hassel, who was on the team last year and actually blocked a punt. So those are two guys that you could potentially see stepping up. Special teams, three guys there, Braden Mann, Thomas Hennessy, the long snapper. And I said, Sam Ficken stinks, so let's just do Chris Nagar, the undrafted kicker that we brought in. It should have been Jose Borregales. It should have been Blankenship last year. It was neither. We go undrafted free agent Chris Nagar, and because Sam Ficken's no good, Chris Nagar wins the job. In reality, neither of them should win the job. It should be a guy that's not even on the roster right now kicking for the Jets. Not sure who it's going to be. One way or another, let's be better than either of these two guys. But that's what I have for a final 53 just to start. And I know it's a lot of names, a lot of information, but when it comes down to it, everybody that's in there, all 90 guys are competing for something. They're all picked for a reason. I mean, we left guys off. If we could bring 100 guys in, we would have. But we had to cut the list at some point and say 90. These are the guys we're keeping. So just making it there is a big accomplishment. From there, you watch out for injuries. You try to be the best player that you can. You try to be the best guy that you can. You know that Joe Douglas prioritizes having good men, you know, strong character individuals, leaders, all that good stuff. And at the end of the day, we're changing our offensive scheme. We're changing our defensive scheme. So when you look at the players that you thought maybe were very good at what they were doing last year, it doesn't necessarily translate into a new system. So just because X player was great last year and he was with the Jets and Joe Douglas drafted him or liked him or this or that, or maybe he was really bad last year, but we had him on the team, it can definitely switch with a new chance, new opportunity, kind of a rebirth of the Jets here. New players around you, new systems. There's a lot to evaluate. And we have a very young team right now. When you look through a lot of these names and you're looking at the people that are fringe players or even the back end of the 53-man roster, there's a lot of unproven guys. But preseason and training camp is to get a little bit of evaluation on them. And having an additional 16 practice squad players will definitely give the Jets a little bit of room to keep some of these guys that we may be high on that don't have big names yet or undrafted guys, stuff like that. We can hold on to a few more than just the 53. I think that this is going to be a very, very interesting preseason for a lot of reasons. We have to get Zach Wilson in there. But being able to watch him, the whole new offense, playmakers across the board, new coaching staff, good offensive line, and then a defense that's just so up in the air with like, are we going to have a pass rush finally? And what are these cornerbacks? Who's going to rise to the top? And all these draft picks that we've got, there's just so many unknowns and so many reasons to be excited right now that I can't wait for all of it. I mean, we got three preseason games. We got 16 padded practices. We got... You know, green and white scrimmage, all sorts of good stuff's coming up for the next month until football begins. And I'll be covering all of it bi-weekly. The next episode's going to be August 10th. That'll be after the green and white scrimmage before the Jets' first preseason game. At that point in time, we should have a little bit of a feel for who's getting first-team reps. You know, where do these cornerbacks stack in terms of who's starting outside, who's starting at nickel, which rookies are getting a little bit more favor with the coaches, which offensive guys, running backs and stuff are getting work. We're going to have a better feel for all that stuff at that point in time. And then we're going to be able to preview a little bit of the preseason. And then after that, we'll do one two weeks later. What's that, like the 24th, which will be basically right as the Jets are starting to do their first cutdowns from 80, from 90 to 80. And then after that, we'll basically be doing weekly episodes. So it works out very well. And 
I know this was kind of a weird episode, just talking about, uh, you know, position battles and projected 53 at this point in time, a little bit too early, do a little bit of news and notes, but it's a short episode. We don't have to go too crazy. Just come back from vacation, work our way in, you know, ease our way back into the rhythm. But football is back. Jets Twitter is popping again. I was basically silent for like a month. You can follow me again at Jets underscore Dan, where I'm starting to get up in there again. I actually had a little interaction with Woody Johnson's Twitter account today, which is probably run by an intern or somebody else, but, you know, messaged something to me. Um, as I complimented, he's been posting all these, like, very pro-Jets videos and things. Just like, this is definitely not his Twitter. But, uh, yeah, it's been it's been activity there. Good stuff coming. Let's go, Jets. Follow me for uh, updates and everything, and thanks for joining me. Until next time, I'm Dan Burnham. And this is The Jet Life. <laughs>